Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. It is episode 559. Hmm. On the journey to 600, boys, what are we going to do? I don't know. Maybe quit. We should just quit at 600. Just quit. Maybe quit. <laughs> just retire. We need some input on uh, what to do for 600. So if you guys have any ideas, but uh, either way, thank you for being here. Please uh, share the podcast with your friends. Give us a rating where you listen. Thumbs up. Subscribe on YouTube. You know, all the stuff that all the creators ask you to do all Patreon. the time. Patreon. We do have a Patreon. Shout out yeah. to our Patreon family. You guys go, are cool. And go to the store, too. We got some new shirts out. We got some new hats coming. We got some new mm. stickers coming. It's the total revamp of the store, so... And the trade shows, we're yep. going to be at the Indiana Deer Turkey Waterfowl Expo. This will be the week uh, the week of that show, February 23rd through the 26th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds, Indianapolis, Indiana. Come see us there. Come say hi. And the following weekend, March 3rd through the 5th. Is that right? Yeah. It's back mm-hmm. to back. Yep. The Iowa Event Center, the Iowa Deer Classic, Des Moines, Iowa. We'll be there as well. Um, come see us there too. All our new stuff will be there. Um, Eric's on the ball. So if we sell out of something, we hopefully should have it by the next show. Hopefully we will. We will. We will. He's confident. Okay. Podcast is brought to you by elite archery. Get to EliteArchery.com. Look at your next hunting or target bow. This week, we're talking about the next era of carbon bows, the elite era. Um, I think the best looking carbon bow in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't look like somebody, took a robot and made it into a compound bow it just looks like a nice classy carbon bow really it's like an elite it's like there's some of the other ones out there just look dumb yeah and all i'm saying is like <laughs> i just they look like shit like they just slapped a piece of carbon on a piece of two well, trying to make and... it look like something's like alien versus predator right it's like come on it looks like to me like they just like opened a model and just like made blocks and <laughs> just cut them out you know when you see like an electric car come out, it's like, why you got to make it look so stupid? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I'm already a douchebag for driving an electric car. Don't make me look like a douchebag. <laughs> make it I look drive. cool. Yeah, yeah, make it look cool. Yeah, it gets me there, but I want it to look kind of cool as well. Uh, Elite did that with Era. They made it look cool. So you don't look like you got to stop and charge the bitch to go hunting. Um, it's a thir- <laughs> 31 and a quarter axle to axle, seven and a quarter inch brace height. I like that brace height. It's Yeah, that is a big plus. Um 336 feet per second, peak weight's 40 to 70, draw 25 and a half to 31 inches. Mm. So getting a little more length out of it. If you are uh, if you got a longer draw than 31 inches, you're a freak of nature. You probably shouldn't bow hunt anyway. Yeah, you should be playing basketball. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just we got like five buddies that are all 32s. Right? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, we have a lot of friends with over 31-inch draw. <laughs> but they don't listen to our show anyway. No, that's probably true. <laughs> probably not good buddies after all. But anyway, uh, check out the new era. We think it's pretty damn cool. Uh, like it or not, it's true. You know it's the best way to go. Like it or not. <laughs> hey, it's, we tried. Doug, you got a veteran shout out? I right? do. You ready? Then read it. Okay. This one's submitted by Mitch Kerr, and uh, the veteran is Mark Kerr. So Kerr? Then, Kerr. 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 Whatever. Kerr. It's a hard one. Curve. He didn't help me. He didn't help me. Can't say his R's. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> says he's in the Navy. Says here, uh, Mark is my father who served in the Navy from 79 to 83. After the Navy, my grandparents and dad opened an archery shop to help my dad with employment. It's called Chicks Archery. They were in business for 26 years in Clarksville, Indiana. Wow. Before closing the doors in 2010. At the time, they were Indiana's oldest and largest shop. He is a multi-time multi-time 3d state champion he taught me everything about hunting state land show me how to read terrain read sign and use other hunters to my advantage probably just read in general yeah 
Could have helped me. Um, <laughs> for hunting experiences, it says 26 years in the business and multi-state 3D champion. Oh, hell That's yeah. pretty awesome, man. That's pretty so awesome. He could, sling some, he could sling some arrows. Guy's cocky. So I like it. Thank you for your service, Mark, and uh, thank you for submitting that, Mitch. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Thanks Mark, for your service. Thank you, Mitch, for submitting that. We haven't had an in-studio veteran shout-out for a while. No, it's been a while. I've been doing that's, more of the phone. That's because Doug forgets yeah. podcasts. I get, a little, I get a little more practice when I do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say how many times I redo it, but. When you do your, your ones at home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you get a second take. We put you oh, on the spot here. Okay. You technically take. could get a second take here, but we don't operate that way. <laughs> that hey, Doug, I need a vet shout-out right now. Three hours later. Yeah, sorry. I had to redo Doug it. Doug would just kill to redo it, but instead we just roast him. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, guys, it's not live. <laughs> we do kind of record this like, you know. Like it's live. Yeah, we do record it as real as it, as live as it could be. Now, you know, episodes are delayed, and sometimes like right now we're recording this intro on another day from the podcast, just the way it works out. You don't want to do all this stuff in front of your guests when they're in, so it's nice to do it separately. Yeah. Um, moving on with the biz. Um, podcast is also brought to you by Big Time. Uh, get to BigTime.com, code WCB2023. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the Big Time borderline. Yes, sir. And you might ask yourself, what's borderline? Well, I would say think about it. And then what do you think it is? <laughs> it's a it's a product. It's self-explanatory, dumbass. <laughs> <It's a> food, <laughs> That's pretty much what you just said. That's pretty much what you just said. Well, I said it kind of funnier. <laughs> <laughs> it's a borderline for your food plot. So basically adds security cover. Um, you can use it for your entry exit routes coming into a food plot or just on your way to a stand in general, whether or not it's a food plot or not. Um, I think it's an underutilized product from Big Time. Um we used it, well, I used it in one of my plots, and I think it saved me a ton on entry and exit. I have yeah. not used it yet, but I got a new piece this year that I'll be able to mm. utilize it on. So I have a, so the base of my grizzly box blind is 10 foot, and the stuff grew so tall that I had to knock some of it down to create a shooting lane out <laughs> of the grizzly box. your hedge trimmers in there? <laughs> yeah. I had to go through and like pick a few. I'm like, okay, that one, that one, and then just break them off. Uh, one way I use it that's kind of different, I'll take, like, say I've got a field that's too wide, like 100 yards wide, and I want my gap to be 50 yards to shoot across it. So I'll put my blind out there, so I've got my gap, and then I'll create a V to kind of keep deer out of my downwind side. You plant that stuff thick, it'll keep deer out of your downwind side if you want to. Oh, so next level. Smart way to use mm. it. So check out Big Time Borderline. It will be available at the Indiana show. Actually, all the shows, if you see us, basically, Big Time will be right there, and you can pick some up. And we are an official Big time dealer. That's right. We got you. That's how you like that. Podcast also brought to you by Novix Tree Stands, NovixOutdoors.com, code WCB10. Did you see they're teasing a new product? Yep. I heard, that's all. I synced it. You saw the new product? I didn't see it. That's all. Tease it. Though. Oh, my Frank. Who do you fucking know? I know Frank. Frank's a good dude. Frank is the man. So, Indiana show is this week, like tomorrow or tonight, if you're listening to this in real time when it launched. So you get we're there. there already. We're there, <laughs> we're there right now. Uh, so new products coming, but they do have the hunt ready systems. They have the hang on tree stands, the Hilo, the Echo, the sticks, full length, mini sticks. Do we imagine two made in the USA? God dang. What you can't do you, beat it, can you? Do you want your tree stands being dropped off by a I'm fucking Japanese spy American? Do you? I don't. Me either. I said that on last week's podcast, but I think it's a really good plug. I mean, 
The spy balloons are dropping off the products. Oh, get your balloons off, metal. It's like, oh damn! (laughs) They just shot down the spy balloon, and then there goes all the expanded metal tree stands into the (laughs) fucking ocean. No, no, they're gonna rust. (laughs) The cables, (laughs) the cables. My cables. I don't know if Novix likes those plugs or not, but use code WCB10. Don't have your tree stands dropped off by spy balloon. Am I right on that? Like, who wants that? Yeah, you're wrong. Whatever. Hey, if it was me, I'm out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the podcast also brought to you by Loophole Optics. Uh, man, from scopes, spotters, binos, all the stuff, performance eyewear. Uh, this week we're talking about the RX1400i. Uh, they have it in Mossy Oak Bottomland. It's a sharp, Pretty sharp rangefinder. Don't drop it. Um, but no. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> You'll lose it. Don't drop it. <laughs> awesome rangefinders. My favorite thing about it is I've had other brand rangefinders where you have to click the damn button several times to get an accurate range. Yep. And this thing is like instantaneous and you don't have to fuck around with Quammy. it. Quammy. Right there. So there it is. Doug does not need that camel one because he drops everything out of the tree. I'll lose it. You know what Doug does need though? Need a bright orange one. <laughs> Camofire.com. Camofire. Look at there. Yeah, there's a loophole. Range right there. 19% off. Pull the trigger, well, Doug. son of a bitch. The burn. Free shipping on this item only. Loophole RX 1600i. I have that rangefinder, and it's fucking... Free shipping? Badass. Uh, 19% off. That's I like that. But they got clothing on there. Camo Fire offers discounts on all all products they have on there. It's revolving deals. They expire, and then they refresh with new ones. Get to Camo Fire. Look at that. You still can't afford Sitka. You still can't afford with it, even deal. with the discount. <laughs> That's why you buy Huntworth. <laughs> Podcast also brought to you by Dialed Archery. Um, stay tuned in the episode if you'll learn more about Dialed. But they have the mm. new Arxo series sites out. Um, they're right. set up for you. Um, I think one of the cleanest, best-looking sites oh, in the game. It, it, is, it is the best site on so the market. Slick. What I like about it is they simplified it. So if you see an Allen head or you see something that like you can get a tool in there of whatever, that means it's meant to be adjusted. Yeah. If if it's not meant to be adjusted, they don't let you adjust it. Smart. <laughs> There's a lot of shit on other sites. You're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to touch what that. What does this or do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, you're shooting three feet to the left. Yeah, what the fuck? You know it. Your second and third axis is all messed up. Huh? Yeah. Seen it a hundred times. <laughs> Seen it. So a, there's money missing off your dresser. It's a small but growing and evolving business that we're very proud to be a part of since the beginning. Not the very, very beginning, but damn near the very beginning. Um, we have a lot of cool stuff planned with Dialed. Uh, so check them out. And you can use code Working Class to save yourself some shipping. What do you say we just get in this episode, boys? Let's do it. Mr. Jared Mills. A lot of knowledge bombs dropped on this one. The guy's very smart. Very. I felt like an idiot after talking to him because he just like, he just basically is just good on camera. He's good on the podcast. He is very calculated. Let's put it that way. He's a calculated dude. We learned a lot. The guy uh, gets it. Interesting cat. So we're done rambling. Thanks for putting up with our shit and hope you enjoy this. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Bachman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really nice.
not that good. Welcome to the podcast. It's a working class bow hunter. If you uh, were deaf and didn't hear that intro, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being here. Uh, Kurt Geyer speaking. Eric Common. Doug Schmidt. Austin Chandler. Guest hosting. Lee Her. Laher. And later. special guest of the hour or hours, depends on how far he drags us into the trenches tonight. We'll see. Mr. Jared Mills. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being in studio for this. Yeah, this is yeah. awesome. You guys do it right. This is this is a sweet setup. Careful. You. you don't want to get ahead of yourself. You might regret <laughs> I, doing I, this. I'm going to be the co-host or guest co-host pretty soon. That's oh. what we need. That's what we need. Trying to take Lee's spot, huh? <laughs> Lee, you're done. Get out. <laughs> Short-lived, but it was good. <laughs> yeah, it was great having you. Great no, six no, months. For real, thanks for being coming in to do it in studio. We could have done it over the phone, which would have been fine, but this is just way better. So Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I didn't realize you were as close as you are. Yeah, it was easy drive, less than two hours. So it was it was really close. Money. Well, so you've kind of been a hot topic on the internet. What I'm going to do, I'm going to hit you hard right away, and then we're just going to go into fun conversation. <laughs> Let's do it. You've been a hot topic on the internet. One, you killed giants, and that's always intriguing, right? But um, maybe some career changes. Maybe there's some new game plans. I'm just getting this right, rip the Band-Aid off, and then we can put this behind you and talk about fun stuff. Because I'm sure yeah. you're tired of hearing <clears throat> that question. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard it, actually. <laughs> right. Oh, oh okay. Oh, that's how good we are. So um, you've left Midwest Whitetail. People are wondering what you're going to do now. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a tough decision for sure. Midwest Whitetail has been such a big part of my life forever. I mean, you think back, this was my first job out of college. And I didn't do it full time for that that entire period. But it was, I still did it on the side for 12 years straight you know, yeah. I, whatever job i was working i'd come home to my apartment or my house and edit middle Whitetail for for bill so yeah you know i was able to be a part of it from the early days and and grow with it and help it grow and and all that and I've, the last four or five years it's been my full-time job managing and running mm-hmm. it and you know when, when it comes to the, the change it really is a career change for me you know it's it's not a lateral move it's not just filming from middle Whitetail to filming and doing my own thing there's a lot of moving parts to the middle swite business and it's it's grown it's evolved and mm-hmm. you have uh you know employees pro staff a lot of partners and constantly ch- just trying to to grow and stay on top of things and so there's it's just a different job it's it's uh you know there's a lot of stress and stuff but ultimately i think you know any anybody in their career should want to you know get out of something that they put into it and yeah and it's not it's not a, a problem with the middle swite brand or anything it's just kind of the nature of it being bought and sold a number of times over the years and it just for me personally it just wasn't what i saw as a long-term career option and mm-hmm. you know i i'm motivated by you know creating so i love the creation of so i love um brand creation i love starting and trying to grow things and so this situation while scary it's saying you, you're leaving a job and going from a steady income to nothing mm-hmm. you know i'm motivated by that so i i have a unique opportunity to start with a blank slate and i'm trying to kind of keep that in perspective evaluate different opportunities and i'm, I'm grateful for all the opportunities that are out there mm-hmm. but I'm trying to be patient and, and really think long term. Like, what is what? What can I draw up that's going to be rewarding 
for a long time to come. I, I, I want to grind. I'm in the peak of my working career, but what can I put in to something that's going to be worth it ultimately for me? And just, yeah. you know, provide a good environment, you know, from a family man standpoint too. Yeah, you know, for I, sure. I have a wife and a young daughter and sometimes you don't realize how much the stress from your daily job carries over into those other aspects of life. And that was kind of the, you know, peaking moment for me was that when you start to realize what that stress, the impact it's having and yeah, at home, you know, yeah. Just trying to keep it enjoyable. And, and even the hunting aspect, like it's people talk about it all the time but until you're in that situation of seeing how much making hunting a part of your job affects your enjoyment of hunting. Yeah. Like at this season, I can't tell you how enjoyable this past season was. And granted being successful helps that tremendously. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, um, even, giants <laughs> even if I didn't have the success, just getting back to enjoy, it felt like what it used to be like. Right? Yeah, I know what you're saying. It, it was it, it was disconnected from the job atmosphere so it's much. It's not it part was, of your job anymore. Yeah, it was a much needed season from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, just getting back to enjoy. I spent basically the entire year by myself. You know, there's a lot of challenges with self-filming, but there's also a lot of quiet time, a lot of just enjoyment of being in the woods and for me, I didn't realize how much I needed that mm-hmm. until I went through this season. So it was, it was, I can't tell you how big that was for me just to get back to the enjoyment of hunting. That's cool, man. Yeah, no, I mean, your answer makes sense. I think everyone can kind of relate to that on a certain level, mm-hmm. no matter whatever career field they're in or what they're doing, or even just anything, you know, you can boil that down to just relationships. It's kind of like that applies to a lot in life, but I get it. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I wish it was as simple as, you know, people switch jobs all the time. It's, yeah, it's unfortunate right. I had to, you know, explain you're, you're, it a lot. But it's right. weird to say because we're in hunting, but like you're a public figure. Yeah. You it, know, like, like as weird as it is to say, like people want to yeah. know what you're doing. And yeah, and I get it. And, I, and, and, and trust me, I'm so appreciative of the support and, and all that. Um, but at the end of the day, like it may sound like the boring answer, but it really is just a career change for me. It's just. Yeah. So do you have a new mission that you're getting ready to like work into? Can you say anything yet? Or like, what's the, there's a couple things that I'm for sure going to get into, but I, I really am still in the evaluation process of just thinking, trying to really be patient and think through what these opportunities will look like two, three years down the road mm-hmm. and not jump into anything smart um, because smart. It, yeah, it's, it's just a unique, so you don't get to reset like that very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to keep while I'm watching my bank account go down, down, <laughs> I'm trying to keep that in perspective that, yeah, thinking through in the beginning, I'm hope, hoping will be you know more beneficial long term. But I w- I am going to work with some different companies and you know companies that I hope that I can help move the needle for and help them grow and all that. This you know just part of it. But the 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 content, I don't love the word content, but I love the filming and production. So I'm not going to change that. I'm going to continue to do that. I enjoy <laughs> it. I. Yeah, you're good at it. <laughs> if you watch your videos, you can tell you're passionate about oh, it for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, there was one video I was like, I would have said F that camera Man, at this point. That's yeah. probably the most, yeah, I get that comment a lot, especially <laughs> this year. Yeah, yeah, this um, year for sure. But, yeah, I, I love I love that aspect. Even if no one ever watched another one of my hunts again, I would never leave the camera at home. Right? Mm-hmm. I just I love the documentation of yep. it and being able to relive I mean, I think back every deer I've killed for the last decade plus, 12 years, 13 years, whatever, I can relive at any moment. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. I, I yeah. love that. That's what makes me wish we would like yeah. dedicate and it makes me want to dedicate to filming. But every time I try it, then I just go back to that. I'm <laughs> like, oh, here comes this buck. And then 
I don't even remember the fucking yeah. cameras there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, like I, it's it's your what you just said. I asked uh, Eric from Hush the same thing last week on a podcast, which that may or may not have aired by now in podcast world um, whenever this launches. And basically, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, I just love like the aspect of it. he doesn't think about bringing the camera. It just comes with him. It's part of like his hunt process. Right. Oh, I'd rather leave my bow at home than no kidding. Camera. I mean. I'll come think about you. how many hunts. Yeah. Think about how many. <laughs> yeah, you want to film me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can film me. You're not that far. <laughs> I mean, think about how many hunts you actually use your bow in a season compared to, I mean, the okay. camera. That's true. Yeah. That's true. true. I tried it for Fair the point. first time this year. Hey, I'll let these ads play. I'm playing his, uh, his YouTube yeah, in the background. I, I need the money back. Yeah, here, so I'll, we'll let them run through. <laughs> <laughs> I tried self-filming this year just to play with it because I've never done it before, and it's a pain in the ass <laughs> it's very tough but you can do it at different levels like you can do it just enough to capture the memory and capture some cool stuff or you can do it at a higher level as like man you don't want to miss a thing you want to make sure you replicate that story so that your viewers more tapped that, into a production yeah i guess yeah. well i think just recreating the experience as best as possible for for the mm. viewers some of the some of the comments that i like the most because it makes me feel like I did what I set out to do are the ones that say they felt like they're in the tree with me. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah that's that makes that's sense. like when, when they feel like, man, I felt like I was sitting over your shoulder. That was so intense. Like, I'm like, okay, that's what I wanted to create. Like, yeah. I want that. Situation. Well, you've been doing it for so long. It's probably be weird to go without a camera, right? Oh yeah. I've, I'd feel naked out there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like us forgetting our bow or our binos. <laughs> yeah. Or something, you know? Yeah. That's cool, man. It's I like talking to guys like you, and as we like continue and grow with the podcast, we interview. Um, this is a compliment. I just I, I don't know how I'm going to word it, so I don't want it to come off wrong. Like c- calculated guys that are killers, but they're also successful in business, and they have a way. Like Austin, was it you and I talking that like not necessarily big butt killers, but calculated successful hunters always do well in business or whatever they put their mind to. Their wives are normally pretty damn good looking. Guys seem like, to figure it out. Guys seem to, <laughs> they're successful yeah. in life. The guys yeah. seem to figure it out. And it, it's cool, like, seeing the common traits of, like, a mindset that successful deer hunters carry because of, the like, the level that you have to be on to be successful in hunting and in an outdoor career or whatever career. And, you know, with the ladies is just kind of a funny tidbit to add in, but honestly, it's like fairly <laughs> it true. Sense, yeah. You know, so I, uh, it's a life thing, though. It really is. Like, it's a life. I, thing. I feel like it, it's a life thing that carries over to hunting and not vice versa. It, it, at least mm. from my perspective, like it's yeah. just different life experiences that that build you as a person. And you, know, I, I look back and you know think about the life that you know stuff that I've been through, whether it's you know family stuff or you know even like athletics, like. You know, sports are always a big part of my life, like college baseball, like just the all those everything that you get from it, that the intangibles, the work ethic, the dedication, the you know, all that type of stuff, I think it carries over into everything and hunting is just one of those things that it mm-hmm. carries over yeah. into. So. Yeah. That's a healthier way to word it. <laughs> <laughs> well worth it. A lot better than our wives are hot. That's what we should have said. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Nice. That's what you're trying to say, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we just need Jared around to word everything better. Dude, yeah. It's just like me Kurt, compared to Jared, I look like they just spits and throws rocks. Kurt, yeah, Kurt just says, your wife's hot, and then he just spits that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, that's what I, exactly what I said. That's a better way to word that. You get it. Hey, hey, we're just being who we are. But no, I think I think it's just an interesting trait, and you can tell like you have that. Com- it's a successful trait. There's dudes that yeah. are successful that have that. 
Well, I appreciate I it. So. I, I feel like I didn't really answer your question with regards to like what I have planned. Um, so I figured I'd touch on that a little bit, but yeah. again, I, I still am you know, just trying to figure it out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Out of respect, I didn't want to like pry on you too hard. I just figured yeah. that's the number one thing people are going to want to hear right for now. Sure. For sure. And, and I feel like I get a little bit closer each day. Um, you know, as I spend a lot of time thinking about it there, one of my goals is to own some brands too, and build some brands. Like I said, in the beginning, I love the creation process and, you know, growing something from scratch. Um, so a couple of categories, like one thing I love food plots and just, you know, the, the trial and error that's involved with trying different things. And Mm -hmm. so I've spent the last two or three years doing that, working with a buddy and plan on launching my own or our own food plot seed line. Very cool. Um, I feel like we have that pretty well dialed and, you know, the, the food plot game is, is interesting. You know, it's, it's one thing it's, I'm passionate about it, but I think there's a lot of opportunity there from the standpoint of getting more people to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's this perception of food plots being this kind of rich man's game where you got to own a lot of land or own a lot of equipment. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Like, there's a lot of guys out there that could plant a little quarter acre, really effective kill plot, yeah. you know, on the edge of a farmer's field or, or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need to be educated on what to do, how to do it. And for sure, I think there's a lot of opportunity out there. And I think it can be, you know, the difference in killing a good deer or not for a lot of people mm-hmm. to use. So uh, I enjoy all that that's process. Exciting. So it's kind of natural to get into into that and my goal is to own you know a couple of different brands potentially just to just to have more more skin in the game i guess and just just more long-term structure to that rather mm-hmm. than only working with existing categories and and companies that are out there. yeah no that makes Absolutely. sense um, yeah that's all the good long-term like yeah. security plan i guess you know yeah yeah and, it, and you just it's just there's just more to it you know there's from a business perspective and there, it's more challenging and Again, I'm motivated by that type of stuff. So something that, you can call your own too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, I'm a. It's a little bit smaller scale, but plan on launching like a little lifestyle apparel brand. Um, just uh, it's kind of a simple one. Like I, I want stuff that I don't have to spend all day doing. Like partner with the right people. You know, from like a food plot, for example. I'm a partner with someone that can handle all the fulfillment. Yeah. The, the packaging, the mixing, the packaging, shipping, all that type of stuff. I, I enjoy the brand creation, the marketing aspect of it, um, figuring out what those products are. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, I'd rather not get tied down with the fulfillment process. I'd rather work on yeah, three brands don't rather me. than going all in <laughs> on one. Yeah. So that, that's kind of my, my goal. And, and, you know, from a bigger picture standpoint, I just want to, it, it sounds kind of, corny or whatever but i want to make a positive impact on the industry one way or another whether that's you know just from an education standpoint or just you know i don't know i i think about i mean you guys see it being in the industry and it gets talked about a lot just some of the issues the and the division and you know just the negativity Mm -hmm. overall just fighting some of that stuff and you know you see certain trends when you're in it long enough and it's your day-to-day business you see certain trends that it's like you question like that i don't really like the way this is going and Mm -hmm. so if i can just be if you know i've been lucky enough to to have a platform if i can use that in a positive way to to fight back against some of that stuff you know kind of more steering it a little bit yeah Yeah, or just or just bringing awareness to there's more than one way to do stuff, you know? <laughs> right. Like one example, I guess, would be, uh, you know, people 
seems like everyone's always looking for an easier way to do this stuff. And I, yeah. and I just think about like how I've gotten to where I am from a hunting standpoint is failing a lot. Yeah. You know, just like how much I've learned just from it being tough. Mm-hmm. And it seems like everyone's just trying to make it easier all the time, whether it's like to kill know, deer, you're saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just, yeah, just to kill deer, like the technology that's being introduced and you know, yeah, it's constantly changing towards that side. And I'm afraid that that's not the answer for getting more people involved. And that's not the answer for keeping people involved. Yeah. They, I got so much enjoyment or there's so much reward coming from the failure of, you know, just figuring it out and, you know, losing a lot uh, when it yeah. comes to chasing big mature deer that, you know, I wouldn't, I don't see another way to do it. Like, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't think that people will get the enjoyment out of it that I do if you don't go that route. Yeah, no, that's a good point, too. <clears throat> I think that's, again, a way more intelligent way to word it than we <laughs> tried to in the past. We're, we're always like drunk and trying to fight our way through that we've said this before it's been a long time ago but we said you can't trip into a 150 it's the same kind of concept you're gonna if you want to go out there and consistently kill big mature deer you're gonna have to put in some effort and work for it and and fail and and figure figure it out out. yeah that's what's fun about it like yeah you you can't trip into a 190 at however close some of your damn deer are that we're gonna (laughs) get into two feet but it's yeah that makes perfect sense to me like i feel like i I'm on the same track with deer at, you know, and like, I look at it as like, you got to climb the ladder of bow hunting and I look like there's different layers of like the process. Yeah. There's, and it's, we're all at a different layer somewhere, you know, it's the experience is such a big part of it. Like, I don't want people to ever lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you talk about not being able to trip in one, a one fifty or whatever size deer you want to talk about, but it's, there are ways you can make it much easier on yourself in today's world if you want to. If you want to, but yeah. you do not have to. And I think that's more or less the message I'd want to push is like you do not have to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, we could run through a million examples of technology you could choose or not choose to use. Mm-hmm. But I think just the, the direction that's going is it's becoming you have all these tools. And I'm not saying I, I can make it way more difficult on myself if I wanted to, but I could make it way easier on myself yeah, too. And, for sure. And I choose not to because of that experience. And, and that's, to me, that's how you stay in it long term is if you're, if you're motivated by that. Yeah. I think you stay, I think I get what you're saying that like stay in it long term because you could make it really easy and that doesn't mean nothing. Yeah. You're just kind of like, yeah. And then you don't have like the, um, the grind, the gr- the grind, or like the fulfillment of accomplishing something that was difficult mm-hmm. and rewarding to like keep at it and keep going. Like if winning was easy at everything, nobody'd really strive to do anything. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. right. I guess that's probably the. Well, basic I think a lot of people too now want the success right now. Like they're like, well, everybody wants the big buck that. right now, but they don't yeah. want to like figure right. out. And the big you know, bucks. they're asking like, what do I do to kill this buck? Well, I mean, did you do your homework? Did you do this? Did you do that? Well, what do I got to do to kill this deer tomorrow? I'm like, trial and error, baby. Trial and error, yeah. 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 Well, even that mindset, like thinking that that's the pinnacle, killing that deer is the pinnacle. It's not. It's the experience of trying to kill that deer. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what you should be striving for. Have the have the most rewarding experience. Trying to figure him kills. out. I feel yeah. like that's something I've learned too with like killing some mature deer. Like I feel like until you've killed your first big deer or whatever your goal is. I feel like that's how you look at it, like short-term, like yeah. that's the pinnacle. But then you get that and you realize how fun the process was to have killed him. Yeah. Or, you know, and then 
it's like repeatability, learning a different deer, learning proper. I mean, man, you could slide. It's a, it branches out in a ton of different ways. But, um, but I feel like that's something that you you learn in levels. But like I'm, I'm still like I have a certain caliber of deer I want to hit as just a personal goal. But I feel like all of us have killed mature deer. They just haven't had that rack on their head. So I think the next layer for me, and I'm, there's probably some debatable ways to like argue what I'm saying. Is finding a deer that has that and then trying to figure out and put in the work to do it. Yeah, some of that comes naturally. Like, you could have that goal. Like, hey, I want to kill 170 plus. Mm-hmm. And you, during that process of trying to kill it, you'll figure out, okay, it wasn't about the kill. It was about, you know, I learned all that naturally. Exactly, yeah. And that's what, you know, I, I think that's just so important to keep in in, in perspective is mm-hmm. the journey, the chase, it and what what how long did it take for you to like realize that for yourself like did you kill a few big deer was it the first one or did you have that from the rip i didn't i don't think i had it from the rip i think i, I don't know that there was a moment to be honest mm-hmm. i just think that now where i'm at looking back i'm so thankful for failing that many times like yeah, yeah. i'm so thankful for that i that i have that perspective now and that's all I want to do is just just to let more or less bring awareness to that perspective to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'll kind of guide some of the decisions they make, you know, as they, especially newer hunters. That's that's mostly what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. I, I'm also keeping in in mind just part of it's our fault as, as a hunting industry. Yeah, like yeah. The stuff that we push. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Big a lot companies marketing certain things. Big certain... deer scored. You know. Yeah. All that type of stuff. Um, so so part of it is our fault. But yeah, I mean. I, Mm-hmm. just motivated by trying to make a positive impact especially on new hunters what do you think's like the most hindering thing for a new hunter right now like what's and we don't have to dive into it but like what's something you're kind of like you know i'm not against that but i would have maybe done something different or whatever if i were in their like in their shoes you mean yeah or like or um in general from a product or branding or like what's being pushed on a newer hunter like what's something you might add an adjustment to well First and foremost, I think it's what I was talking about, like their perception of it being about the kill, I think is very hindering. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very deflating too when they think they, to make it in the hunting industry or to just to make it among their hunting community friends, mm-hmm. like to be looked at as a good hunter or something, they have to do these certain things and they have to yeah. have the best looking wall. You know, that, that's right. the type of stuff that I think is a, one of the biggest roadblocks in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously a lot of challenges in today's world with regards to access for, for newer hunters and, and all that. And, you know, I don't have, I don't have the answers to figuring that out other, other than just, we could to, argue, yeah. <laughs> we figure some things out to argue about yeah. other than or make that, up an argument, keeping things relative, right? You yeah. Know, a, yeah. A guy that hunts 2000 acres of, of heavily managed land in a good neighborhood should not have the same goals as the guy that's you know, yeah. on public land or small parcels or whatever. I think that's a problem too, is guys with obviously different attainable goals are just not at that moment hating each other for having different goals. Oh yeah. And there's, like, there's hey. way too much comparing in the hunting industry and competition. Like there literally should be no competition in anything that doesn't have a level level playing field and hunting does not have a single level playing field yourself. Yeah. Unless you're hunting the exact same property and you have the exact same amount of days to hunt same. I mean, there's, you can't too many variants. You can't show me one scenario where there's a level playing field. So there's, there's too much comparing like new hunters comparing themselves to other people or seasoned hunters or whatever. And that, again, that's partly, 
our fault as a hunting industry mm-hmm. based on the things we promote. Yeah. yeah. It's great for us because that's con- that's arguable <laughs> for us as a podcast <laughs> yeah, brand. Like, wrong. Keep that shit because com- it's fun to talk about, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but that's also a very good point. Like, uh, it's fun conversation. For example, it's fun conversation. Like, who's the king whitetail killer? Now, yeah. There's never an all-time winner. You can't ever say, oh, it's this guy is the number one whitetail killer. Hands down, like he's not beating up other hunters to get the title. You know what I mean? Exactly. But what we do word it as, it's like, who's, Doug, who's your top three big buck idols or killers in your brain? Who are Jared you? Mills. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> number one. Jared, number one. Jared, all three. <laughs> But so, but that's the way that that's the way that gets approached, and it's fun to argue that. It, yeah, it's fun, but there's zero backing to it. There's know? zero. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think yeah. a lot it of people awesome yeah, see fun. like you know all the big deer, the popular people are killing. And it's like, well, I need that. Like, give me, I want that yeah. big deer. Well, yeah, I think yeah. Austin kind of put me in his perspective this year because you know we had the chip bet going on, and I was like, God damn, this year kicked my ass. And he's like, Dude, you had a great year. I'm like, because you got to see two booners. Three, three, three booners. booners. You know how many booners I saw this year? Fucking none. Yeah. Right. And, and then I kind of, right there with you, dude. <laughs> yeah. dude. I kind of took a step back after you said that. You know, I, I was like, you know what? It was a damn good season. You know, yeah, I was, was right in the pocket. Just yeah. any season, you can go and lay eyes on three booners where I hunt. I mean, that's almost unheard of. Three that's different a, booners, yeah, right? That's a hell three of a different season. Booners, yeah. See, it's all perspective and, yeah. and relative. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. You know, to some guys, that's an average season. To some yeah. guys, that's a dream season. Yeah. That's right. like, right. with me, I didn't even kill a buck this year, and it's one of the most Curse. fun seasons I've ever had. Like, yeah. The most enjoyment I've gotten out of a season because I hunted a lot. I saw a lot of deer. wasn't successful from a, a kill standpoint, but, like, the experiences I had during my season and what I learned during this season – were exponentially more than last year when I had the best year of my life. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the 200-inch curse is a real thing. Have you ever experienced a 200-inch curse? I've not. I've not gotten there. Don't tell them about it. It's going to happen. <laughs> the, no, I want the 200-inch yeah. curse. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. somebody who had it this year. I will take it again. I'll take it every other year. <laughs> Hell, if it lasts three years, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> That's true. Ross is averaging it every four years. Well, no, Ross, Ross well, had the two. Yeah, Ross's 200-inch curse is different because <laughs> he'll shoot one, and then three years later he shoots another. Another one. Those guys got to yeah. wait ten or fifteen years. <laughs> Ross is averaging one of our buddies. I wish you'd love Ross, and maybe you, you maybe have met him, but he's got he's averaging a two hundred inch deer every five years. That's incredible for the last fifteen years. So every five yeah. years, yeah. and he's early thirties. He's a young man. Yeah, he's crazy. yeah, he's our age. Mm-hmm. What's wild? Illinois, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. I should have said Maryland. <laughs> Sorry, Ross. Maryland. <laughs> well, I think everyone that's listening know that I know that Ross know. is from Illinois. That's our joke. We always say like Delaware or some random eastern state, and then <laughs> and then we did the show in Harrisburg last year. They're like, "Hey, so you know Delaware's got pretty big bucks?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know." The point is, it's <laughs> far away from us. <laughs> like, see, this is a Delaware bug. I'm like, "Damn, all right, sorry, you know." But um, yeah, I don't know. That's what we do. That's what we yeah. joke about. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know. The big buck conversation, like that, like deeper thought convo on all this is like so interesting to me because everyone's kind of got a different like look on it you know what i mean yeah it's uh it's one of those things like antlers and antler size are so fascinating to everyone that does this i mean Mm -hmm. even the guys that say they just hunt for me the guys that say they don't do it for the antlers it's still a fascinating part of the white-tailed deer right for sure still in the back of their mind yeah you know it is i mean it's anyone that tells you differently is lying like it, it's just such a so 
chasing big antlers is always going to be there. And bigger bucks typically have more meat on them. So figure that one out. <laughs> your year and a half old does not have the same amount of meat as a five and a half old. So if you're a meat hunter, shoot a mature buck. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, really, the, from a age standpoint, the only thing that makes a bigger rack deer more difficult to hunt is there's more people trying to kill them. Like right. Ultimately the same. But yeah, it's, it's always going to be there. And, and I mean, I love killing the biggest deer I can find as well. Like, like mm-hmm. everybody, it's just more or less not making it, it, it it's, a guy can't compare his situation to what he sees elsewhere. Yeah. That that's what it boils down to. You, you can't consider yourself a bad hunter because you did not, you haven't killed a one eighty yet. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a good, healthy way to word that in, in perspective. One, one thing that like from watching your videos, which if, if someone's not watching your videos on the YouTubes, they need to get on there and watch it and subscribe. We got them playing in the studio right now, but there's a trend with you having massive deer like under you. And I don't mean like with this all bobcat too. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. so, like licking the what, steps. We're what, talking here. What are you putting on your boots? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that product is the next one. I'll oh, come uh, <laughs> here we go. He's here testing it out. He'll let you know at the end of the season, how it works. <laughs> testers. Um, but it's just like, man, you have these just big, mature studs underneath you or running you over or whatever it is. But Yeah, the shit, the one that ran over that, the crick. Yeah. It's, Jesus. It's crazy. Like, you talk about picking the right tree. It's almost the wrong tree because it was too dang close. <laughs> it's too close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, for, I guess what I'm getting at, for you having – you're clearly calculated in your game plans and your strategies – how are you getting in? Like, what's most important to get into a spot like that where deer are underneath you? Like, what's one main thing you think it makes a difference that you've learned in your hunting experience? Well, first of all, I will, I'll be the first to admit there's way more luck involved when it comes to this stuff. Like, yeah, I, you know, I don't list, like saying like you have all the answers or like it happened because of something you did, but I think it's just a growing experience of where to be and when, like when to push the limits um on certain spots like because you could walk a property and be like man this is killer Mm -hmm. that does not mean you go in there october 1st that you kind of wait for intel or you just wait for the right time of the year and um like this this hunt that's playing right now the the buck that i killed on my farm that was kind of a unique situation because i hunted that tree three days in a row and to my knowledge it's the first time i've ever done that in my life Mm. to hunt the same tree three days in a row first of all you got to have somewhat similar wind directions for three right. days in a row which yeah doesn't happen all that often but what to, if someone doesn't pay attention to wind was, i'm getting joking but actually it would be worth you elaborating <laughs> but you luck. can do that while you talk i just yeah rudely <clears throat> interrupted i mean you, again luck like it, yeah you you could do that and, you could and yeah you, you could, could you could kill one but, but consistency is the, the key right so yeah for for this this one in particular like I said, consistent wind direction for three days, but entry and exit. It was mm-hmm. so clean, you know, through the creek. I walked walked through a creek about 100 yards, and I had hung this stand a couple of days prior to that in a locust tree that was literally right off the bank. Is one one of those stands that you drop some, it's probably in the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. that close to the creek bank. I'd be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Doug falls asleep. I drop everything. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh that that was ultimately the key. If I could put my thumb on one thing as to why i had three successful hunts and or three good hunts and and killed on the third day it's that it's the entry and exit was that clean mm-hmm. because you you i'm a big believer in that you burn out spots quicker than you think 
Yeah. Even if you don't spook anything the day of the hunt, I do think there's uh, you know damage you do. Maybe it's four hours later. Maybe it's yep. the next day. They know you're. The, they know you're. Yep. They know that you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and what what runs out that you don't see? You know, if you spook one or two does back into the thicket, and the two monsters that are in there see that. You know, it's yeah. what you don't see that actually goes on that's really killing you. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's residual damage for sure. Yeah. And uh, until you find that, again, these spots aren't on every property. But mm-hmm. If you can find one, you know, take advantage of that and, and hunt it at the right time and, you know, hunt it as often as it allows. Like if there's yeah. a spot that's almost bulletproof access, you know, it's hard to burn a spot like that out unless you're hunting you know, sloppy with the wrong winds or mm-hmm. you're know, loud or whatever. So that being said, you know, cause I think too, that's what we're all getting better at is like, especially at talking to guys like you and learning more, it's like common pattern entry and exit. And I think what's changed a lot <laughs> as I learned was like when I'm a kid, when I was a kid hunting, I thought it's dark. Just walk in there. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not how it works. You they know? can't see me. <laughs> yeah, they can't see me. It's dark when I go in. They got night vision. So, but I think people think that way a little bit, you know? Um, and I feel like I'm getting better at choosing, like, okay, how do I get in with this wind here in a, in a ditch or a creek or whatever it may be? But then there's some spots where I'm just like, I know I need to be in there, but I don't know how to get in or out. Sometimes you you have to take your chances, obviously. Again, not every property is going to have a spot like that. But even so, there's little things I think you can do to help, you know, reduce the amount of damage you're doing. Um, You know, a couple that that come to mind, I guess, would be like when you're going in and out, whether it's in the dark or daylight, be patient, go slow. I think oftentimes in our head we get so rushed, like, uh, I just need to get in, I'm I'm sweating, I'm you know, I don't Excited. want a deer to beat me to that spot. Whatever it is, we mm-hmm. we rush too much, and that's when you start to break more my branches. Biggest thing. And I, yeah, and and, and you know, you're just you're just sloppier, like, and you're not noticing things. If you're trying to rush, you're obviously you're looking down, or you. I, mean, I can't tell you amount of times you go in an afternoon and maybe you see a deer, and you just. But if you see it before it sees you, you have an advantage. You can wait it out, or you can mm-hmm. you know, kind of read its body language when you can move. So just being patient with your entry and exit, and then you know there's smaller things on a more specific level ground scent trying to minimize that so rubber boots the biggest thing i, I think you could walk right across the spot as long as you don't touch anything above the ground level mm. so okay. as long as you're not brushing up against like it and i think i learned this from from watching deer like you, most times they're not nose to the ground they're, they're sniffing everything around them. They're like knee height. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. Knee or waist height. If you're brushing up against stuff, leaving scent on that, I think that's going to get you in a lot more trouble than if you're just on leaves or, or bare dirt or something. And it's just the bottom of your boot contacting that stuff. Well, I mean, right? everyone in this damn room has seen that where a deer is walking around the trail that you walk in on and every little leaf is. Yeah. It's checking yeah, everything. Checking everything. You yeah. know, he's smelling you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Do you, do you use um, e-bikes for entry exit ever? Have you tapped into that game yet? I've used very little of the e-bikes. I like the four-wheel versions. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, the four-wheel electric version. I mean, they're they're pretty new to the market, but that's that's another thing I want to get more involved in. Yeah, you like stand on it? uh, whatever. You can stand or sit, but, man, I just, four wheels is just so much better than two, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, especially, like, you want to stop on a on a bike you're putting your foot down mm. the ground you know where you just you can stay on the vehicle mm, four wheel you're not even putting anything down just the, just the tires and Dang. it just yeah I, I just like the 
I like the four wheel four wheel versions a lot better. I just yeah, I get I, that. These the last couple of years, so I feel like um, e bikes have been like a lot. I feel like when I <laughs> talk to people, they're like, "Yeah, I'd rather just buy a four wheeler." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I get that. Like, yeah, you can do more with a four wheeler, and they're probably the same price. Maybe not a brand new four wheeler, <clears> but you know." But I'm like, man, the entry exit—it's like a magic carpet almost to a point. Yeah, they're yeah. they're game changers, no doubt. They, they and game changers a strong word, but they're they're either through that game changer door or they're damn knocking pretty hard on it. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's I would I'd call it game changer. Like I'm it, with you on that. I'd say game changer, and, and and that can be area specific too. So like back to the four wheeler thing, if it is deer can get used to a lot, and yeah. if it's an area where they hear four wheelers or farmers or whatever every day, you're gonna get away with it a lot more than yeah. the guy that's they only hear it when he's coming into hunt. Yeah, I've got, I've got a spot that I hunt, and it's the farmers in and out of there frequently on his tractor truck. I can drive my truck in, put my decoys out, yeah. drive my truck out, hop in the stand, and ten minutes later I'll have deer coming out and checking the decoys out. Don't care about it at all. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, all right. So um, I want to continue this big buck conversation because you're clearly calculated some of the deer you've killed and some giants, mature bucks you've killed. When you find a buck, what what's like the one thing you use to like stay on them? Like how do you keep on them and, and be calculated in your sits? Um, I would say property knowledge would be number one, like how – understanding how a deer would use a property Mm -hmm. you know the areas obviously where he beds but more than that areas he likes to move like where he likes to check so like the deer that i killed this past october just to use a recent example the reason i hung that stand in that little kind of i don't know if you call it a pinch or it's just a small block that opens up into a bigger block i had seen that deer in embarrassed to say past that deer on october 3rd <laughs> yeah that wasn't very smart here I'll, be, I'll, I'll say that yeah meanwhile on the youtubes here on the screen there's a giant literally at two yards <laughs> see ground scent he got me yeah three days in a row of crawling up that bank um but no i i had seen him in so october 3rd a morning i i just went in i wanted to just kill two does and so it was just a very nonchalant hunt, and he was the first deer to walk by right after daylight. Mm-hmm. And that time of year, obviously, they're more of more on just uh, if you see them that time of the morning, they're more than likely on their way to bed. Yeah. So I just watched him. Because that was early season, right? Yeah. What did you say? October? It was the third day of the season, oh. October 3rd. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Oof. So watching his movement, watching the direction he was going, I started thinking, okay, he is, he's got to be on his way back to bed. This isn't, you know, this isn't November 3rd. This is October 3rd. More than likely he's heading toward his, his bed. And so I, I just would look at the map and try to figure out, okay, he's likely bedding over in this area, at least, you know, for now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think deer switch their bedding spots a lot more than we realize. But <clears throat> that's that was ultimately the reason I put a stand in that spot was to be closer to where I thought he was bedding. Mm-hmm. I kind of put myself in between where I thought he was bedding and what I thought was the best doe bedding area, mm-hmm. basically right in that spot. And I killed that deer October 26th. And it was just a, that, that time frame, at least in Iowa, is a really good time frame to be hunting close to those doe spots. Mm-hmm. I mean, morning, evening, doesn't matter. They're going to, especially the, the biggest, most mature buck, he's going to get that first hot doe. Yeah. 
and that that's really where you want to spend your time so that for that from a recent example standpoint i would say is just property knowledge knowing where the does like to hang out knowing where my best guess of where he was betting Mm -hmm. is kind of what killed him no i like that it's calculated way of thinking you know i think too that's the one thing we're all learning as well i'm sure it's like a lot of our listeners like what deer are moving with purpose especially on october 3rd mm-hmm, yeah. so it's like man if you think about to tap into what he's doing not what he's doing in the field but what he's going to do like where he's headed it's like man you can really think and a lot of it almost is like yeah of course do you know what i mean like it's like yeah that makes sense Especially looking back, yeah. Yeah, looking back especially, <clears throat> but yeah. It's a, you know, a lot of times these days, again, it gets into that technology um, conversation, but a lot of times trail cameras kill deer, but that was definitely not the case. I hadn't had pictures of deer in quite a while. Mm-hmm. I think I remember you saying that on the video. Yeah, and I, I wasn't running a ton of cameras. I, my guess is he was in there and I just wasn't getting pictures of him. But I went in solely on that, you know, kind of hunch of like, okay, I want to be by the does. I know he's got to be bedding somewhere close in here. I'm going to take my chances. Conditions are good. I'm going in. Wind's good. Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. Cold front had just came through the day before and that type of stuff. So that, and that, to me, that's more fun. I'd, I'd rather kill a deer that way than, <laughs> you know, a, a trail camera telling me exactly where he was at at a certain time. And yeah. Take yeah. advantage of that. I'm not saying that's the wrong way to do it, but it's, I mean, it's kind of fun. It's putting the puzzle to pieces it. together. Mm-hmm. Well, I've done it for sure, but right. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the puzzle pieces, you know, trying to figure out how they go together is, yeah. is a lot more fun. You learn yeah. a lot more for sure. And one thing I noticed too, like watching your videos, man, especially you got a hammer right underneath you. We all comment on this. We were watching before you showed up. We were, we were uh, fangirling over you a little bit, and uh, I'm like, <laughs> "How's this dude so calm? <laughs> like you're just like you're composed, and I'm sure it's experience, but your composure is like." You know, you got a giant underneath you, and we're watching. I'm like, well, I would have forced a shot there, just getting excited, <laughs> thinking the opportunity is going to yeah. fumble out of or your said, hands. Or said, screw the camera. Or yeah. said, screw the camera. But it's like, what? What is it? You just mentally prepare, or what? Do you, what do you got going on? In yeah, there? it uh, it naturally happens as experience. Obviously, the more times you're in that situation, the more comfortable you're going to be. But I would say I'm less calm than what everyone thinks I am. I, I just think I internalize it a little, a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I get just as worked up as, as everybody. And then the kind of the third component is the filming. Like it, it takes a lot of your focus away from the deer and all the yeah. things you have to think about instead of thinking about, okay, where am I going to shoot and where am I going to do this? I'm mm. thinking about, okay, how do I keep them in frame and focus and you know, all this. Oh, that's stuff. a lot. Mm-hmm. Not this year, but the other one you shot <clears throat> this year, I was like, if I would have made just made that shot, I would have dropped yeah. my bow right out of the <laughs> spike it, <laughs> just spike it to the I, ground. I want to be able to form a sentence. <laughs> One of yeah. uh, I would do that. Give me just, a minute. Everything in the tree would have just been tossed out. I'm, I'm like, just, I'm done. Just NFL <laughs> celebrating. Yeah, I love that. I love that kill because it's just such a long buildup. Like you get to watch that big buck for so long do his thing. He bends and, down. Man, and my palms are sweating by the time you let that arrow go. It's insane. Oh, we were all yeah. sitting here when you shot. I'm like, my heart. <laughs> yeah, don't ever hire us to be your camera guy. We just shit our Shaky. own pants. There. But that's no, what I love. Get that film, huh? That's what I love. Doug like, be sleeping. I don't watch that many hunting videos that you get worked up. Like I love that people have had that reaction to that hunt because that I feel like I did my job. I I provide a good replication of the experience I had in the tree. While that's not it's not possible to replicate the whole thing, at least people felt it on some level. Yeah. 
So for that, sure. I mean, it's yeah. I think the the filming definitely shifts my focus away from mm-hmm. all the things. And, and you guys understand, like uh, the the buck fever, or whatever you want to call it. It's you getting in your own head. Oh, mm. for sure, and and, and, and me, my focus and my attention being elsewhere prevents that. Do you do a lot of like visualizing of a situation before it happens? Like <clears throat> a little, yeah. But I would say it's still more on the filming side. Really, it's like okay, if he's over here, how am I going to get the camera on this yeah. way? Or you know, I got you. <laughs> Interesting. Kudos, yeah. kudos to you, man. Yeah, yeah. I never camera. thought about the the camera side, but I mean, clearly. But I figured that'd make. It probably makes it more stressful. You don't make it look, you don't seem like it does watching you, but um, yeah, I feel like I always try to like mentally visualize the situation. You know what I mean? Like, I if, think everyone does. I think when they helpful. sit down, they're like, I'm like, I'm always like, oh, the buck's going to come from over here. He's going to walk. Do right you think everybody me. does it? I do. I do. I do it, but do you think like most people do it? I do. I, I think I, most I think, people do it. I think most hunters out there have that mindset. Does it, that's does it ever work out that way? No. no. Fuck no. You're like predicted and like practice pulling your bow back. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, he's going to be right there. Yeah. But I don't, I wonder if most hunters don't. Do I, I don't know if most people do or not. I think they should. I think they should. But I, do. I don't know if they do or not. Every time I sit down. <clears throat> yeah, I bet I bet most people do. I don't think so. I would really? argue that they, they don't. I would say successful hunters do. Ones that make yeah. good shots probably do. Sometimes yeah. the work, that's big butt comes in just... All that went out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not sometimes. <laughs> every time. Right? 20 yeah, hours. Exactly what you did. And then he walks in and you're like... I don't know how far he is. Fuck. What happened? I just blacked out. <laughs> I spent 35 minutes ranging, and I don't at ranging. I don't spots, remember I don't, shit. Your bow's on the ground still because you're just imagining. See, yeah. and then there's that too. But that's also like what's fun about it. Like your yeah. emotions can overtake you. You know, it's it's so emotional, so mental. Like how many? One example is how many times after you shoot a deer, or at least for me, there's a lot of times I don't remember what pin I used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what no happened? Idea. I don't. What I, I don't know what pin I. I've I been mean, there. I'm like, did I even look through my peep? <clears throat> yeah. That's what I get mostly. Did I look through my peep? Yeah. You know. This I mean, yeah, even after just making a perfect shot, you're like, I do not remember picking out my 30 yard pin and settling in and squeezing. You know, I don't. You just don't remember any of that. All yep. that shit. All that practice over the summer just goes right out the fucking window. <laughs> or or does it make it work for you in the heat of the moment when you realize yeah, you know you're not true. even thinking that's about true. it? It's just all repetition. That's yeah. what that, it is. Yeah. That's, that's what it that's is. more. Yeah, that's more what I was saying. Is it's just like something takes over within you and it just it just happens. It's all mm-hmm. instinct. Yeah. That's what it's. Um, I think that comes with the experience too. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, you just do your job in the moment. You know. Like, I just got back from that coos hunt. I just shot, dude. I don't really, like, I sh- I know I settled and squeezed and shot and stuff. But, like, Devin's like, damn, you shot fast. I'm like, well, I wanted to let the little fucker get away. I wanted a flight to catch. I already missed my flight. Yeah, we're late. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, shit. Oh, yeah, now that I think about it, you know, I did. But that's a good the thing. The heat of the moment, man. It is. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good thing. It's just It's just funny to look back on, like, you prepare for all this stuff, and then you can't even remember doing it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, there's being prepared and not knowing what happened because you just did it, and there's being prepa- unprepared and not knowing what happened because you're unprepared. <laughs> right. So like, it just is split one way, I think, and yeah. you sh- your percentage should be you're prepared so much. That, we've all been on both sides of that. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, some clean footage. I think. Yeah, that buck's badass. I think for me, one of the one of the things that I take away from you most is – a, yourself filming and how you can stay so mobile 
while you're self-filming. Like most of your hunts in your history of, you know, what you've done have been hanging hunts. You know, stand on your back, arm on your back, camera on your back. Like how you can plan yourself out to have all that stuff neat, tidy, and know where you're going and stay as mobile as you are and just like change things up on the fly and and get it done while self-filming. Yeah, hanging and hunting is tough enough, let alone when you throw a camera and an arm and everything else in there. Yeah. I would say <clears throat> there's not much emphasis on the neat and tidy part, but <laughs> well, sometimes everything. In my mind, that's what you got to be. <laughs> something, sometimes it's all a mess. But, yeah, it, I look at it more as you got to do what you got to do. And I'm a big believer in being mobile. I'm a big believer in first-time sits being the most effective, even if it's a move of 30 yards. It doesn't have to be much, but it's a different tree. It's a spot that you have the element of surprise on mm-hmm. your side. You know, I, I won't ever change that as long as I, you know, stay healthy enough to be mobile and, and do hanging hunts and all that. It, it's just so effective. I mean, it, at least it has for, for me, and I'm a big believer in that. And it's it's funny, even when we talk about uh, targeting specific deer, you know, even a property, if you've hunted however long, many, many years, and you think you know all the good spots, every deer uses the property a little bit different. At least every mature buck does. They mm-hmm. core up mm-hmm. in a different spot. They they move a little bit differently. That's one of the, the coolest things to me about picking out a specific deer and chasing them and trying to figure them out. They're individuals. I mean, yep. that that's what's mm-hmm. cool. And you have to hunt accordingly. Like, just like people, man. Yeah. I mean, I have properties that... <clears throat> You know, I have permission on. I've hunted them for mm-hmm. years. I don't have pre-hung sets. It's, yeah, I mean, why? Like, it it may work for one year th- this year, but next year I just box you into something that yeah, might not I mean, be. I won't hunt them because the buck's not going to use that area. So, and as soon as you think you got them, they change something up and yeah, yeah. put your dick exactly. in the dirt. Hey, <laughs> big bucks take effort, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to put in any work. I just want big bucks. You know, <laughs> it's like I don't. Hey, guys, we got to do it. We're interrupting. And I apologize for interrupting, but we have to talk about some partners that make this show happen. Make these wheels keep turning, Doug. We're sorry. Trophy Line, TrophyLine.com. Have you seen the new Onyx platform? It's a saddle platform that simply has it all. Mm. It looks futuristic, but it's not. It's simple. It's functional. Um, I have not used it yet. It's badass. But I've jacked around with it at the shows. We have it on our hands here at the studio. And uh, I'm excited. It's uh, I like everything how the the outside of the whole platform is pitched. I kind I guess I'm a leaner. I don't know what kind of saddle guy be. They, they do their terminology. You're a gleaner. I'm a leaner. Whoa, a leaner. Easy. Eat, oh, hey, you can't call him that. A wiener. Doug and Eric are saddle haters. Not a hater. Hey, Chaboy's over here are the only guys that kill deer out of saddles hey, at the table. Don't don't knock it till you try it, and if you try it and you don't like it, then it's not we're, for you. We're trying to I love listen. I know it looks gay. We're trying. Trophy this line year. might admit that too, but they partnered with us because they know we're real about it. <laughs> and I actually killed one out of the uh, not out of the Onyx, but uh, out of the Venatic. Yep. Um, awesome, dude. I love the setup. Perfect. Oh, Clean, yeah. light, quiet, stealthy. It can take a lot of the pain in the ass out of mobile hunting. I, w- I will definitely give it that. And you can use code WCB at TrophyLine.com on your first Onyx platform, um, or your second, or your third, or fifth. Fifth. I mean, hey, look at you go. <laughs> Presets. <laughs> uh, podcast also brought to you by Victory Archery. Uh, we did a podcast with Victory at ATA. We talked about the RIP SS. Are you guys going to shoot the RIP SS this year? Anybody switching? 
I'm going to stay with the VAP SS just because I'm going elk hunting, so I want that heavy arrow. But mm-hmm. this, I mean, for whitetail hunting, RIP SS, I don't know how it gets any I'm better go, than that. I think I might go RIP SS. I think I'm, I'm just going to switch to RIP SS also. Because we've been doing I said I was RIP gonna TKOs sw- forever. I know. I said I was going to switch on the podcast, but I just, I love these RIP TKOs. <laughs> they work, dude. Like, it killed I mean, everything yeah. this year. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's yet. right, Eric. <laughs> Jesus, I almost fucked that <laughs> he up. choked on his own tongue. <laughs> I hear you. I, I, I might switch, but. It's tough. I just kind of like, I, I text Nate. I'm like, hey, should I do anything? He's like, dude, do you like what you got? Yeah. Then don't switch. He, he didn't make, he made that good point. <laughs> I know. It's like, you're hard to argue with, man. You put yeah. up a hard bar. Yeah. <laughs> and the only guy with a better mustache than Doug. It's a good mustache. Hey, he liked my wax. Loved it, actually. He did. He, he endorsed it. In the trash. You guys should buy it. Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Huntworth Gear. Yeah, you guys should buy a great plug, Doug. <laughs> Use code WCB15 at HuntworthGear.com. Please buy it, please. Uh, they have the heat boost line, 30% warmer. It is warm. Um, if you shed hunt in it, you will sweat. Um, <laughs> Don't wear shed hunt. No, do not. And we actually have uh, WCB Tarnan kill caps out now. In Tarnan is one of Huntworth's camo patterns the best one in my opinion they offer but i think probably one of the better patterns available in the game dare i say blended anywhere i have people all the time ask what that pattern is people love that pattern dude i'm next to a cactus in that picture when i was in mexico couldn't even see him yeah couldn't even see my face that's it you had to switch angles just to see you dude people are making fun of me in my photo of my saddle buck They're like man kurt it just looks like a head floating like giving me shit i'm like yeah it's because camo's so damn good it's how my camo's so good yeah, talking it, shit. You don't that have that means any. it works. Late yeah. season blends right in. It looks see great. ya. That picture of uh, me, you, and Ross. You can't even see our bodies. Nope. Like it's crazy how it blends in. Why well, have one photo where you have your head down when your hood's up, I've, and yeah, you can't even see? It's like, is there a guy there? It's wild. <laughs> it's kind of trippy. It's like a chameleon. But uh, you know, folks that on the camo pattern tarnin, they do offer several different patterns. If you're not a big fan of the tarnin, but if you if you're not, you get terrible taste. They got you. <laughs> Even the hunt, the hunting pants right there, they're badass. Yeah, a solid color pants. You love the sweet. pants. Yeah, we tested them out in Africa. Code WCB15. Uh, and Spy Point Trail Cams. They got the Flex out, which we've been rocking. They got the Flex S coming summer of 23. It's got the solar panel. Saves you an arm and a leg on some lithium batteries. Do your research, see what's dropping out there. That's Hopefully. right. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully. I got my camera still rocking. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. waiting for some sheds to drop. We'll see what happens. And what season is it, done? It's it's the D wedge season, baby. Are you sh- I, well, it, it's going to be coyotes. We need to go out and shoot some coyotes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. I got that rifle. I need to take the D wedge out and three hundred wind magger a coyote in half. Let it eat. That's what we need to do. Need- oh, D wedge party, baby. That sounds dirty, but it's not. <laughs> but it's not <laughs> for you know, coyotes. It is <laughs> for coyotes. It's dirty. I know. I don't know what that means, but I like it. <laughs> but I like it. We have a code at Thermoseat WCTS to save yourself some money there. And we are done rambling for the show. Thanks for putting up with our shit and enjoy the rest of the episode. Thanks. On average, it takes about thirty days for a person to break their New Year's resolution. So if saving money was on your twenty twenty four list your odds aren't looking that great. Luckily, I have a 100% guaranteed way to save you money this year. Just switch to Mint Mobile. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, Go to mintmobile.com slash WCB. That's mintmobile.com slash WCB. 
Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash WCB. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. Put in some work. I don't know. It's tough. They always do, but that's what's fun. Like You got to keep it fun. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to have fun with it and learn from it. It's just so, it's always interesting to like, I don't know, I just love the conversation. Good thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise we'd have a problem. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm over this. Well, um, you've been, you bought a farm and I know you're real into like property and just from bullshit before the podcast, you were kind of talking about just thing goals you have and stuff like that. So like, yeah. what's that process like for you? Like if you get a farm or finding a farm to buy and then what to do to the farm, like, yeah, it's, it's so fun. You know, first of all, I'd never in my life thought I'd be a landowner mm-hmm. that it's, I think it's all a dream for a lot of us, but to, to work hard and have it become a reality is a, a really special thing. But then it opens up so many opportunities of having your own dirt to work on. It's like there's a million things you want to get done, but everything takes so much time. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I'm at right now, like especially habitat. How do you create habitat? It's a year, I mean, multiple year long process, Mm -hmm. but it's enjoyable. It's, it's, It's fun trying different things, trying different food plot locations, trying different stand locations, and every property is unique in that regard. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm having fun on this property. It's it's a very huntable property, which I really like. But my goal is it, it's not a property that right now you know it's not going to hold more than one or two mature deer. My goal is to increase that holding capacity, obviously. But if a deer's there, you'll kill him. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm confident in that. Just because of the layout <clears throat> and access for entry exit stuff yeah, like that. Pretty much both of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So entry exit. And then just the amount of stand locations with regards to funnels and pinches, you know, if you, again, like, like this hunt, I knew I had to be in that spot. I knew at some point he's going to walk by this tree. Yeah. And it was, it was the third day of, of hunting in a row. So there was, he walked by that tree. All right. Yeah. But that, that, yeah, that's one thing. It's probably the most huntable farm I've ever been on from that standpoint mm-hmm. like i've hunted some really really challenging farms that deer live on 365 days a year and still your chances to kill them are very very small yeah um but this farm be, i think part of it is because it doesn't have a ton of cover and so they got to use the cover that's there but i think more of it is how you're able to use the creek for access and the amount of forced movement spots for the deer that they have to travel by mm, okay so most of the time these deer are not going to travel across an open pasture an open field they're going to stay in the cover and if they stay in the cover they're eventually going to walk past one of those pinches yeah yeah that makes sense <clears throat> yeah that's like huntability 
I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It, the huntability is awesome on that farm. Mm-hmm. What's also cool about it is there's a lot of opportunity for different things. It's got enough open area, like I said, pasture, the tillable ground, you know, options to put in CRP, options to put in more food. Get some um, money kicked back for yeah, – yeah. yeah, there's good income on it. I just took some walnuts off of it about two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. There's, it's been pastured. I mean, it's had cattle on it for a long time before I, I bought it. So the trees weren't the healthiest trees, just kind of pasture walnuts. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there were trees that could fall over in the next windstorm anyways. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to help that timber block phenomenon, like, you know, very well from the standpoint of regeneration, mm-hmm. you know, some, some better trees. It, cause a lot of those walnuts were, you know, shading everything out, but also just to get some income f- from trees that could be useless if they're on the ground yeah you know, for sure and i think storms. the best thing about owning your own property right now is like you don't have to ask anyone to do this i know you just <laughs> unless it. you're in some government programs but yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right but which but, a lot of farmers like. like yeah. that's that's my whole goal i that's why i told my old man i'm like i just want to own a piece where i don't have to ask if i can put a food plant in. can i put a stand this tree? over there yeah. you, you know yeah, what i mean it's, it's just like it's fun man this time of year when it starts to slow down and the hunting season's over then your mind starts going in the how can I build this for the deer and make it better for me next season? And you're just, yeah. I mean, I'm laying awake at night at 10 and 11 o'clock at night thinking about, all right, where should I create this transition between that bed and that food? I mean, it's just a constant it is. thought yeah. process. I'm this thinking time about it probably right here in the tree yep. stand. Like I think about it while I'm hunting. Yep. Like, yep. What can I be doing to make mm-hmm. this better? Yeah. Um, but the other cool part too is like being able to take the money from, this timber sale I'm, I'm my goal is to put it back in the property put a pond in do some of the oh, cool. stuff to to make the property better for what i want it to yeah and it probably will add value to yeah, the farm if you ever do value, sell it yeah. or roll it into something else yeah so when you guys buy it, it you remember oh. that <laughs> yeah you see that all done now so uh, having a property that's so <laughs> yeah, making play-doh snakes over here <laughs> hurry up and get that done yeah yeah <laughs> hurry up i'm ready to buy it now is uh having a farm that's set up so huntable like you said, you feel confident there's a mature a tr- mature deer on it. You're going to kill them. Does it kind of pain you thinking that you might, you know, you, you, obviously you're investing and you're putting time into it to sell it, to roll into something else. Is Like, are you kind of like, shit, I want to keep this one and then find another one that's also super huntable? It's, it's a battle I have with myself all the time. My goal, like a lot of people, is to have more acres to manage, more acres to hunt. And I enjoy the process too. So mm-hmm. like if I get a farm, let's say I get this farm to where it's more or less maxed out from the from the standpoint of what work can I do to improve it, mm-hmm. I want to move on to the next one. You want that, that next challenge. Again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Part problem the is I fall in love quick with farms. Mm-hmm. And that <laughs> you can't do if you wanna like keep you know, turn and burn. You can't fall in love. With can't the farms. get sentimental that, with them. That's my weakness. Got like, that heart on your sleeve. Austin, yeah, you get sentimental with any of the farms you, you've had. You shoot a big deer on a farm. It's like once you sell that farm, you're kind of letting go. You feel like you're letting go of that spot and that memory. You know, a place you could walk around with your boy on. So oh, man, it's it's tough. It's tough to let a farm go. But I've uh, when I go into it now, when I buy a farm, I've I've kind of got the mindset. Okay, my goal in the long run in ten years is to be here, and the only way I can get there is to sell this farm. And to move into a new one and to, you know, just kind of keep rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you got to keep that perspective, but it's not easy. It's, it's a battle. 
It's got to be. Well, I don't know from experience, but it's got to be a bad. <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Uh, couldn't tell you. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> you're a lot cooler if you did. You did. Yeah. But you'll find, you'll find a farm that you just. I'll, I know I'll find a farm someday. It's like okay, this is my forever farm. This is where I'm going to build my house. I'm going to live here. I'm not. This is mine. I'm not going to let this one go. Yeah. I've yeah. already got one of those. But yeah. 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 I That's try to envision it. I don't have a big piece, you know. My wife and I have a small piece that we just bought last, uh, well, last June. And so I like uh, I killed a buck there, which like I never thought would happen to me in my life. One own ground, one kill a buck on it. Like have ground, I could get that had a buck on it. Yeah. And then so, but but it's like I don't feel. I mean, I do feel sentimental to it, but I'm trying to envision like what I would do or if I sell it, how I would feel. It'd be hard. It's hard not to. It's hard to ignore all that. Yeah, it is. you know what I mean. Especially being so close to home, because you're gonna drive by and be like, "I used to own that." Yeah, yeah, like, right. Uh, right. I wish I had that. That's why I want. I want something close, but not like a mile down the road close. Dude, yeah. I'm. Sam's a great wife, man. But I'm working on an old sugar mama that's about to kick the bucket. <laughs> Sam will understand. Too, brother. She'll understand. She'll understand. I'd be like, hey, now you can move back in. Yeah. <laughs> Give me two years. <laughs> I know, like, I want the hunting to be difficult and challenging and fulfilling, but gaining property, I want it to be kind of immoral and disgusting. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Hey, you're going to go places. Anyway, Jared. <laughs> Cut through. Cut through. You're hey, going. can you make that sound better? Uh, nope, yeah. That one's not fixed. <laughs> yeah, say what I said, but smarter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Say what I just said, Jared, but say it smarter. Let's do this. No, no fixing that one. <laughs> okay, it right? is what it is. He's on like, that one. You're on your own. He's checking his watch. He's like, like, I think I got to get home. <laughs> how long is this going? All right. Now we, got, we just talked all the stuff that I was interested in talking to you about, and there is more. But the real question we wanted to get to that we got brought up at dinner, and this we're we're going to be fist all of us will fight each other after this. The rompola buck is it real or fake? Round table, and then proceed to argue. Austin, you're the king of this buck question. There's, I mean, there's no question. It's real. Okay, what, bold. Okay, so what what do you think happened? This this guy that has killed ten giants in a place where giants aren't normally killed. You think this guy went in and just fabricated this deer to blow up his ego when he doesn't like people in the first place? Strong points. What do you think, Mr. Jared? I don't know that I have an opinion on it, to be honest. I know I, I know Boring. you hate that. I know that that's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I know, wrong. I know. Hey, next you have, guy, you have to pick. I know I'm about to get booted. For that <laughs> but I am very interested in here, watching the fight. I'll, I can judge the winner of this. Okay. My money's not on Doug. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Kurt and I can't be the only ones going back and forth. Come on. I think it's fake. Okay, explain. Because I don't know why he didn't enter it. If everyone's already there, they already got pictures of like... The dude was a measure in a measures club, too. Yeah. So why not enter the buck? Do you measure any... I don't know much about... Like, I haven't deep dive into it like you guys have. Has Has he entered any other bucks? I don't he's, know. Yeah, he's got. I don't know if it's through Boone and Crockett or who it's through, but there's like a Michigan club that he. Yeah. You can look and see his name highlighted like seven or eight times. For like, by the way, so a Michigan book buck there? is 105. <laughs> but he's got some fucking giants in there though, and he has one buck that is genetically very similar to this buck in question. Okay. So why didn't he enter it? Well, I think because there was so much controversy, it hadn't hit that drying period yet. So by the time it got there. 
I think he actually had to sign a contract between him and the Hanson Bucks saying that him claiming to be the new world record was actually hurting the sales of this Hanson. The value of it, yeah. Yeah, so he had to basically sign this non-disclosure saying, I won't promote my buck anymore. I did. I did read an article on that. Lee, what do you think? So I'm kind of on the fence, but I do lean towards the fact that it is real. There are some of the things, like the way the deer's face looks in the pictures, it's just like, that doesn't look like yeah, a deer to me. Yeah, but every deer looks dro- so different, People don't man. like the droopy ears. Yeah, yeah but deer, deer have droopy droop- ears some, in I've some seen, photos. It's, it's yeah, not the I've droopy ears to me. Ears. It's like from his eyes down through his nose. just looks odd to me. I, I do think the deer is real because um, I know, you know, I bring up your point of why isn't it in the book. I know of deer that have been killed. That would be the typical world record, but nobody knows they've been killed. Yeah, people I, just don't want the publicity. Don't want it, that yeah. one had the publicity. What have right. you been but, up to, Lee? Huh? What have you been up hey, to? Hey, yo. Colt, 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 Colt. No, there's, no, I mean, there's a lot of people out there. He won't let these people enter. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. They just surrender their bodies. There's giants out there that get killed every year that you They're never racks. hear about. That's yeah. true. That's very true. And this one just so happened that it caught news and people heard about Eric it. Eric for sure doesn't give a fuck about this at all. But no, I it, 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 no, I like. I give a fuck about it. I just haven't like. I don't with a thirty-inch beard. <laughs> like I just haven't like dove into it like you guys have. Like yeah. it's not. One thing I'm like, ooh, I gotta know about this buck. Is it real? Is it fake? Like, just a cool tidbit. So to your point, yeah, I kind of don't give a fuck. But for the sake of what <laughs> we do, fake, for the sake, uh, it's real. Go, <laughs> <laughs> no. okay, it's real. Kurt, wow. You're losing. Wow. Just an interesting side note. I've always felt like a connection with this deer because it was killed on November 13th of 1998. So that was the same day I killed my very first buck with a bow. 98 is 1998. When... So. Yeah. I don't necessarily. Jesus, doesn't mean I'm, I might have to side with him. Just <laughs> shut up. Just, I mean, shut up, Doug. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't mean <laughs> shit. <laughs> I really, I honestly haven't looked that deep into this thing. See, like, that's where I'm at. I, but I have a little. I heard like uh, Steve Ranella was on Rogan. They talked about it a little bit, and. From like hearing that, I was like, the dude was a measure in the Wisconsin club thing, whatever. Then shoots this deer, then gets all weird. To me, it was almost like. He did it. Maybe he did it as I don't know why, and then it was like, oh fuck, I don't want to get caught up. But if it was real, make your replica like the Hanson Buck did, post and ghost, and then just dip out, get your money. You don't got to do the world tour. Oh, he didn't like the publicity. It's just your photo. You killed the buck. Let some guys make some replicas. You go sit at home in your rocker and don't talk to anybody. Do one interview or don't at all, yeah. and sell the the rack to collectors. What's the big deal? Drink your so, PBR and get money. Here's the difference, you know, <laughs> the Brewster buck that was shot in Illinois a few years ago. That I don't know if it still is, but it was like the archery record, yeah, non typical record. Yep. yep. That dude wouldn't do our podcast. I think I'm, I think he's done a podcast, but the guy didn't even want to be talked to. When we talked to him. He's just like didn't like attention. And okay, and then look, Dustin Huff kills that big giant typical. He's doing like press media tours, and yeah, you know it's he's helped his music career. He's on tour with it. You can do what the Brewster guy know. did. Maybe the difference was like that that uh, non disclosure statement that he had to sign uh, with the Hanson Buck. I don't know. To me, I would. So be where like, is this buck? He still has well, it, right? Uh, there's rumors that it's burned up in a fire. Yeah, I mean, no, fuck, nobody, of course, right? Nobody the really Asians <laughs> took it to the black market and ground it down for aphrodisiac. <laughs> my, my, my honest opinion is it's tucked down in an old dingy basement somewhere with his other 37 no. trophies. Isn't he, is he still alive? 
I think he is. Someone needs to go talk to that old geezer and just be like, hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> let's I, let's I this bitch this from out. 1998 until now. We're still sitting here drinking beer hey, and talking about it. I, I love, fucking love it. I love that, too. I yeah. do love that. And part of me is just like... So you're telling me no one's seen that bug since the day he killed it? Well, there's been guys that apparently that. examined it. No, but. There, there were three guys the day, or not the day it was killed, but like in the following few days that saw it, and they were all reputable, reputable people in the community. And the one was a game warden, and the one was a scorer, and they both said without a doubt that deer is 100% real. Yeah, oh, so when you hear, test, when you hear testimony from other people like that, it's like, okay, that adds some credibility to this guy. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, maybe, it'd be cool if it was real. Mitch, right. if you're listening, come on the podcast. Yeah, let's let's do a podcast. Yeah, don't he be such a... Tomorrow. <laughs> what? I'm like, hey, man, sorry about all the bad things I said. <laughs> I just was trying to get you to come out of hiding. And he brings it here. <laughs> and he brings it and smacks me. Yeah. <laughs> Stabs you with it? No, you don't have to stab me. You could smack me. I'd take that honorably. Is this real? <laughs> Is this real? Yeah, tines me, G2s me in the eye. So, I, got, I don't know. I got a question off of that conversation. You shoot a world record typical... What amount of money does it take for you to sell that original rack? Okay, $7. original rack, but we get here's what here's what I would do because I've thought about it because I'm gonna kill one. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, I want so remember how you had to like visualize what's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to dream big. I'm in the middle of doing that, right? <laughs> you know, I know big antlers don't matter, but to me, this is my all time goal. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm done. So, um, god damn, this footage we got still got Jared's videos going on. This would never happen to me. That's, yeah. <laughs> and it's happened to Jared, what, like eight times in your career? Look at, look at how he's like, that, I don't even know how you're hanging on to your bow many. at this point. I know what, what are you thinking right The arrow is fuck, quivering fuck, a little fuck, bit fuck. there, though. Yeah, there, there's some shaking going on. <laughs> so if you... Um, I'll, right here, I'm thinking, screwed. how is this buck going to get away? Yeah. This is the 194-inch <laughs> typical video that we're watching, if you guys... Because you have no shot it? right there, right? Do you have a shot there? No. What is he, like five yards right there? Yeah, but it... Where he's at, I, I have no shot back. You know they're close when the camera's it's like straight up straight and down. down. So when he turns like this, you're like, oh shit, I might have a chance. <clears throat> what was crazy is when he when he takes a few more steps and is facing right at me. Like I'm fully prepared. You're right here Holy in a second. Shit. But I'm fully prepared for him to turn you to the left. You know he's facing me, so he's either gonna be broadside going this way or broadside going this way. Dude, that deer is so bad. Right there where he's facing you right here. But you did such a great job to keep him in frame that whole time when he's that close. Like, I would have just backed out and got on the bow, you know. I'd have had him in frame, but it would have been so zoomed out. So so right here, I'm like, okay, he's either going to turn left and be broadside or turn right. Like, he can't go. If he goes forward, he's going to run in my tree. Look at his nose. Oh, You're like, is he going to bust me or not? And I'm thinking he can't go backwards, and he does some dang swim move through this branch. Some like you gotta move. be kidding me! It looks quiet <laughs> at in that there point. Too. Like there's no, not a lot of wind. Very quiet. Yeah. yeah, that's that was what made the vocalizations cool too. With the, uh-huh. the does grunting, yeah. the, the, the doe grunting is what brought him in. You had so many deer in there. I'm assuming the thermals were just kind of lifting a little bit that morning. They, they, yeah, thermals helped me out tremendously. The the does that came and walked basically basically brushed up against my tree and went downwind to me. You know, they that was while he was bedded. And so that, the fact that they didn't bust, because he just sat there and watched. I don't even think the does knew he was there. Yep. He just watched them. Just one, two. Oh, yeah, yeah he did a weird a yeah, weird swim move thing. Yeah. Snaps a branch. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <clears throat> How far is he right here? Like probably eight or nine yards. Oh. He, he gives me one, one little look here. <laughs> Dude. Gives him the old cur whammy. 
How big a pocket? This is how good your videos are. We just shut up oh, from an looks argument. right at you. I love that. Did he hear you draw, you think? Something. Yeah. Oh, Damn. Problem. Beautiful. You're a stallion. You got to have a hammer on you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Kid's got a piece on him. <laughs> Welcome to the working class bow hunter. <laughs> You're a stallion. <laughs> Damn. Dude. That's cocky. All right, back to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what would you do? I, I would sell the original. Giant, if I, it was a giant typical, I'd sell the original, but I would want the rights to the replica, and I would have full disclosure on selling replicas for other guys' collections. Because that deer's going to see more people and do more in somebody else's hands. I'd buy it for that re- right reason, hopefully. And then if I can get a perfect replica and I get rights and to make as many as I want. Yeah, that's, a, that's probably a good approach. I'd sell in the heartbeat, too. Like, yeah, like, I mean, because really, like... Everything's for sale. just depends on the amount of money. How, there I, is no fucking amount of money that would make me sell that the real antler if I killed a world record. Typically. So... No amount of money. We had... I'm not going to say... You must num- have too much money. You could go no, buy, I don't. <laughs> trust me, I do not. But. You could go buy five mouths of Iowa. <laughs> Come on. No amount of money. If, Dude, there, I'd never kill a bigger record in my life. typical? Bye-bye. World record <laughs> typical. No, Dude, fuck, no fucking amount of money. We're talking... How, how much is the Milo Hansen buck worth? Millions? Couple mil, no amount of money. I have you no could idea. offer me ten million dollars, and I wouldn't sell it. What? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. dude, you look at what they can do with replicas today. Ten million dollars. I, I would own the real antler and oh. own the replica rights. Maybe you get visitation rights. Nope, there is no. You get people people are going to eat me alive for this. There is no damn amount of money that oh. I would make me sell them. I, right. I, I can't say that. I'm a, I'm a shed guy too, and I mean small sheds I'll sell, but there is no amount of money that I would sell a, a world class shed for. No amount of money. No freaking amount of money. Come on, there was bro, a scandal at the deer. <laughs> you are an oak. There was a there was a scandal at the deer class a couple of years ago where um, some farm sheds got bought as wild for twenty grand, mm-hmm. and I, and Jackie was standing next to me and she goes, "You better sell them if somebody offers you twenty grand for antlers like that." And I said, "No freaking way, Bye-bye. no way okay. in hell." Here's a I, article from Wide Open Spaces. Um, where was that? Shot at ninety three. The Daisy Chick song. <laughs> what was 93? Uh, the handsome buck. The handsome buck was, yeah. Um, 213. I just saw it where it said the value. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan? Saskatoon. With a raffle. Yes. Let me see. Uh, how big mm, is it? How much rifle, is it worth? Yes. They shot. Didn't he nick part of the antler? Oh, damn it. Well, <clears throat> I don't remember. Right, in an interview, he estimated he made 60 grand a year off his record buck for almost a decade. So he made at least 600,000. That's what he's showing on paper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. You can triple that. <laughs> Let's see. Um, like I said, people are going to eat me alive for it, but there is no damn amount of money. To me, 60 it's grand a year. the fact that I could have a replica that you likely would not be able to tell the difference, yeah. like visually. Yeah. I know the best I'm good. repair in the world, and I, I'm good. I'm, there's I'm no not way. with you on Replicas yeah. today are a lot different than they were 20, 30 and years ago. In 93. No way. Yep. It, yeah, but here's yeah. the thing: if it benefits your life and your family, yeah, yeah, you're you still have the same enjoyment. <laughs> you're gonna be sorry, years old with a glass of bourbon, staring at it, arguing with your wife. Still about dude, it. I'm never asking you for investment advice. Dude, the thing is, is you, you can sell as many replicas to Cabela's and Bass Pro and Shields and all those, and own the rights to the replicas. So you're making money off the replicas as well. Here's my There's thing, just, though: you always got to worry about means so- too much to me. I get you, but it ain't worth as much as a real deal. We have Bass well, Pros, like, we'll we give you a mill for the world nope. record typical. Wouldn't do it. Psh, fuck. Yeah. Y'all can call me crazy, but wouldn't do it. We do know. Where do I sign? We know a guy that had the art state archery record in Iowa for a couple of years. Yep. And I'm not going to say what he he told us, what they offered him. And it was way better money than I thought it would be. And he turned it down, I think, at first, but then 
accepted so the, it. The guy that I know that I grew up around rebuilt that rack from oh, pic- really? from pictures in a score sheet. Really? Mm-hmm. No shit. Yeah, it's the one that I told you to get on the podcast. We should do a podcast with. Okay, well, let's do it then. Sure, we'll line it up. But yeah, <laughs> you you would sell one if you shot the record typical. Yeah. Yeah. Who, I, who, who, it, if I could have a me. replica that looks the exact same, <clears throat> I mean, to me, it's just. You could have a replica, not tell anyone. Like we could walk in and be like, oh, we yeah. had no idea. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe this dude with the the big buck, the uh, the Rompola buck, maybe he's building up the value. And he's going to come out and just give it all to his grandkids or something. Nah, he's, oh, man, it's, it's an investment plan. Oh, that's pretty late. When he rolls that baby out of the basement, what do you think that thing's going to be worth? <laughs> I mean, somebody with deep pockets will probably buy it, yeah. right? Yeah. Collector. Some big collector roll in there. He's probably waiting for Milo Hansen to Until die. They- <laughs> <laughs> that's what the expires. Catch his back, baby. Gonna, they want to buy it. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what the contract says. He can't say anything until he dies. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden he goes. <laughs> so, so talking big bucks, I want to know. Why would you sign that contract? Well, well, at least changing the subject. <laughs> no, it'd, it'd, it'd be just... fucking great, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I want to know. And, and the, you know, a lot of people gawk it or balk it, telling numbers and stuff. I want to know your whitetail score sheet, like w- what you have at what caliber, like how many one, like start at the top and go backwards. I don't even know if I'll get it all right. Uh, the well, this year the one ninety four is the biggest. Um, but it's funny because I didn't think he was that big. But well, you passed him. I so. didn't pass him. <laughs> I, I try to leave that and out. And I get grief. I try to leave that out of it. That's pretty cocky. I try to leave that out. Told you the dude's got a hammer on him. <laughs> uh, Sorry, two isn't as big as mine. <laughs> I, yeah, I've got a few in the 80s. <clears throat> a few, okay. Start, with, 80, start with the biggest one. 86, two 83s, and an 80. Hammers. Don't you have another 190 inch like 10 with split brows? Mm-mm. Was he in the 80s? Probably the 86. I'm yeah, guessing. yeah, that's what it was. Yep, that's all. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I think I have more in the 80s and 70s. Actually, I think I have two or three 70s. That's a build like up. One in the 60s and. The rest are just your average. <laughs> my God, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. But it it, it it really does go back to the original conversation we had. Like it <clears throat> to me, I do get a lot of requests to like do a video of the trophy room, and yeah, I man, I get it. I get from the outside perspective, like it's interesting to see. It's cool to to talk about, and you know, we all love big deer. But I mean, if you wanted to really make your trophy room look impressive you'd hunt differently Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it would be less about the chase and more about the kill and you know gun hunt and all that type of stuff but Mm -hmm. i don't know it's uh i don't know it's hard to talk about because i i do love big deer as much as the next guy Mm -hmm. but it's also like i know i'm never gonna have the most impressive trophy room or score lineup or whatever as other people just because I hunt differently. Yeah, you know, I, I know that's, that's pretty damn impressive. <clears throat> if you ask me. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, well, it's calculated. And you're you big fan. strictly archery hunt, right? You don't touch a gun. No, I I just don't have interest. I mean, again, it you have to tell the line. I'm not trying to offend people to do. I have no problem with people to gun hunt. Right. It's a personal but, thing. But the thing that I push is like hunt the way you want to hunt. Mm-hmm. Like you do not have to gun hunt to be 
successful. Like, do not define success by yep. the amount of inches of, for sure. you have on your wall. Um, but yeah, I just I love the chase. I love I, I love everything about bow hunting. And you know, someday, you know, I can make it. Like I said earlier, I can make it more difficult on myself. I I hope to spend a lot more time recurve hunting and, really? and up that challenge. And I mean, uh, I know that's that's you know kind of your specialty, but that's my goal is to be more proficient in that and get more time to practice and <clears throat> potentially be exclusive recurve someday. Well, I we were out there watching your videos earlier, and I said, man, this guy's like dialed in to be like the perfect recurve video killer. Nobody's filming traditional kills. And you're obviously dialed in enough to get these deer right under you. So you're like a perfect candidate to be like, mm -hmm. you know, shoot these huge deer with a recurve at 10 minus yards on video. Like nobody's doing that. Be badass. Yeah, There's, be, oh, so I can cool. think of just a couple guys. Like um, I'm drawing a blank on the one guy who does it. Who, he's a redhead guy. Logan Glassburn is a yep. monster. Him, Andy Kelly from Ohio. Andy, yep. Killer yep. He's a that guy's a monster. So. Yeah, but yeah, man, you're you're in that wheelhouse. It'd be fun. I, again, it goes back to the reason you do it, right? For sure, yeah. the challenge and yep. Yep. making it harder on yourself, and that's take that that's next level. Take that next fun. level. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Dude. It takes a lot of time to practice, though. I mean, you know that, and that's that's been my limiting factor up to this point is the time. Like, I, I don't want to go to the woods with it until I feel very, very comfortable. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I just get off there flinging arrows. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we'll get him next time. Next yeah. time, <laughs> almost had you. Hey, it's my first time. I almost had you. <laughs> we'll get him next time. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you want to feel you want to feel like you're there and you're gonna like pull it off. Yeah, I guess I, I killed a turkey with it a few years ago, and that was fun. But That's impressive with a recurve. Was, yeah. Oh shit! You can't even kill a turkey with but a gun. I, Neither can I. It, it, took, it, it, it did take two shots. I hit the decoy in the first shot, and then I'm at center punch the decoy. <laughs> Picked the wrong one. <laughs> I killed the shit out of. Hey, the I haven't done that. I haven't shot the turkey. <laughs> the yeah. Dude, yeah, that's tough, man. If you can kill a turkey with a recurve or a longbow, that's, that's you a, can kill a buck for sure. A decoy with one that's tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to crawl out and get my arrow back and then crawl back. <laughs> <laughs> I <had to> reshoot. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, that, that was that was a fun hunt. It was in the snow. Like you don't get the turkey out in the snow. No, often, but That's we, cool. we we got a, a late snow and in that, Iowa. That was a fun hunt. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, it's been awesome getting to talk to you. I hope you don't feel like you uh, were like, why the hell am I here? Oh, man, this is, this is a lot of fun. I hope you come back and we can tap into more stuff. We'll, we'll find something you feel strongly about and we'll get you arguing with us. If there is yeah. anything, I'll find out. There, there is for sure. I just don't know. I care much. I care enough about <laughs> whether Buck's real or not. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a good point. It's just, but it was, it's entertaining. I mean, I, I, I don't – I'd say I'm probably more similar to you in that I haven't dug into it, but – it's it's entertaining to watch mm. different people's perspectives and yeah. all that. Well, we couldn't come in here and piss you off the first episode, so we have to like kind of warm you up, and you're like, ah, oh, they're not bad. They're kind of dumb, but they're not that bad. <laughs> and then when you come back, and then we'll really just disappoint you. Then that'll you. be the last they time. Explain yeah. things like idiots. We'll yeah. really yeah. show our asses on the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you see our whole asses, and yeah. uh, then you'll be like, yeah, maybe I won't go back. Yeah. <laughs> no, anytime, man. I'd, I'd love to come back, and uh, this is a lot of fun. You guys do it right. Thanks, man. Where can people Thanks. find you? I'm posting to YouTube right now. For now, I'm not a big social media guy, so, I mean, you can follow me there. Just don't expect much. Okay. <laughs> but uh, YouTube is primarily where I'm putting the content now. 
Um, might get into some more platforms, but it seems like that's YouTube's where people want to be right now. So that's mm -hmm. why I'm posting the video. So very awesome. cool, man. Well, the videos are awesome. <laughs> if you guys are out there, top notch. Um, probably know who Jared is already. But if you don't, um, do yourself a favor, subscribe to his YouTube's. It's a uh, Stellar. I mean, we're kind of like awesome. watching, captivated by the videos while we're having conversation with the guy <laughs> right in front of us. So uh, that says a lot. So thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys. Uh, I appreciate it. You guys want to add anything before we close the fuck out of here and get moving? And I don't know why I cussed just No, it's a great podcast. I'm just glad Doug didn't fall asleep on this <laughs> yeah. one. Good job, Doug. Normally when we talk big deer, Doug gets a little bored. Yeah. Yeah, He's, He's been there. Falls asleep. Man, I feel that. special, Doug. Yeah, it was only 190, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've had better. <laughs> Thanks right. for coming, though. Yeah, thank you. Guys. Cool. You guys good? I'm good. You know what to do? Go shoot your bow. We love you guys. Peace.